Well, you may be seated. Some of you may be wondering, why is Pastor wearing a police costume? What is up with that? Well, uh, many of you know, and some of you are learning, that I was finally named police chaplain March of of this year. And I want to share with you... share with you how this all came about. In 2013, we hosted a day called I Love Avon Day. And in that day, it was our goal to honor the, the mayor, all the city workers, and to honor those that, uh, both the police and the fire. And we had a special service on that day in which hardly any people from the city came to. And we were greatly disappointed But when we went out to lunch, we discovered that there were some firemen, some policemen, and and they came for lunch, and they enjoyed jumping on bounce houses with their children and pony rides, and and ended up being a a very good day for us as we built a bridge to our city. At that same time, we also landscaped both the police and the fire department. This act of service along with our I Love Avon Day, really did make an impact. Mark 10, 42 through 44 says this, So Jesus called them together and said, You know that those that are regarded as rulers of the Gentiles exercise lordship over them, and their superiors exercise authority over them. But it shall not be this way among you. Instead, whoever wants to be great must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first must be the slave of all. For even, if, for even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. This act of service touched our city in a profound way. And it was during this time in 2013 that the police chief asked me if I would be willing to be the volunteer chaplain. And I said, well, yes, of course. Well, this was not a very big priority for the city or the police department, and it was quickly forgotten. But we kept serving. We continued to landscape both the police and the fire department, and it also made a huge impression. The chief mentioned, again, police chaplaincy, but again, it was forgotten and put on the back burner. In 2015, we hosted a a campaign encouraging our city to pray for our police officers and thank them for their services. We printed up a banner that said, pray for our police. We put it on the front of our church. And as you can see, police officers came by. They wanted their picture taken under the banner. They really um, appreciated our uh, show of prayers and appreciation for them. They somehow got our email, probably from our website. They emailed us. Officers' wives emailed us. They thanked us for what we were doing. We printed up uh, magnets for the back of cars, and we printed up 
um, window decals and we went around our community and we asked them if we could display these into their windows as a show of support for our community and it really made it to the heart of all of these officers. It really touched the heart of our city. They knew that we cared. Mayor Jensen called the police chief and he said, I think it's time to make Pastor Fail the police chaplain. And church, I just want to say that none of this would have happened without the Holy Spirit guiding us. Would you say amen? A few years ago, I was praying. I said, Lord, how do you want me to be involved in our city? Because I believe this, that God doesn't just call you to a church. God calls you to a community. So I said, how do you want me to pastor this community? I don't want to just join the chamber of commerce. I just, I don't want to do that. I want to follow you, Lord. I want to follow the Holy Spirit. So I'm so grateful for how the Holy Spirit led but I also want to say this to you. This is, not, this is not about me. Jeff Fail was not asked to be the chaplain. This happened because you, as part of this body, served our community. And I want to let you know that that service has made eternal impacts. And I want to give credit to where credit is due. So I want to thank you. Thank you for what you've done. Serving as police chaplain has been absolutely amazing. I have been able to speak in roll call. Roll call is where they meet at 7 in the morning and they review what happened the night before and then they give out duties for the next day. They always ask the detectives, do you have anything for us? Do do the officers at the schools, do they have any updates to let us know about? And now they stop at me. They call me Padre. Padre? Do you have anything for us? And I say, yes, I do. And so it is what you would consider a devotional. They don't consider it a devotional, but I get up and I share with them um, something that the Lord has laid upon my heart. And I cannot tell you the doors that this has opened up. I have had one-on-one conversations, in fact, many conversations with the police chief. And I want you to think about that for a moment. Who has access to the chief of police of their city? I mean, really, I mean, it is unbelievable what the Lord has done. And I can speak to him any time. And I have spoken in his office several times. I have had one-on-one conversations with Captain Larry Fishball, Lieutenant Haig, each one of the four detectives, Eric Brugman, uh, Larry Miller, Eric Peachman, and Detective Bill. I have already been called on one death notification. I've attended memorial services with the chief. Tomorrow I will be in the Avon uh, Parade and I'll be offering benediction prayers here at three different services here in Avon. One very powerful moment that came about is when one of the employees, because the the police department is not only made up of the police, but there's also employees from the city that come in and out of there. And one of those city employees pulled me aside and said, can I confess to you and at first I thought he was joking and I said sure confess your sins and he said no I'm, I'm serious 
He said, I am tormented every day by something I've done and I need to confess to you. And so we stood there in the lobby of the police department and he opened up his heart and he confessed his sins to God. It was absolutely, it was heartbreaking, but it was a God moment. And, and, and no longer was I, of course, Jeff Vale, or no longer was I simply just your pastor. I was the chaplain. And I said to him what the scripture says, if you confess your sins, he is faithful and just to forgive you of your sins and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Let's pray. Hallelujah. Isn't our God good? This is all about souls. And let me tell you, our police, they carry heavy burdens that they share with no one. And God has given me an open door. I cannot tell you how many officers I've sat down. We have a, a wonderful police lady at the, uh, at the station. And the Lord gave me an opportunity to sit down with her for a half hour. And she just opened up. Her life, she always seemed like such a closed book. And she sat down and she just told me all about her life. And uh, it's just what, what the Lord does, isn't it? It is absolutely amazing. I just want to give God praise. I want to let you know what God has been doing. I know I don't have time every Sunday to share with you. But isn't that great? Isn't God good? Let's give God praise. We want to talk about Easter, and I've invited Pastor Ryan to come up and share with us about the Easter egg hunt. It is an awesome opportunity that we get to put on an Easter egg hunt every single year. We take time in stuffing eggs. Raise your hand if you've stuffed eggs for me before. <laughs> Look around the room. I appreciate it. Thank you, Life Groups. Life Groups, you did a great job by, by helping us stuff all of these eggs over Around 20,000 eggs with candy in them. That's right. It's a lot of eggs. And they're now in the barn waiting for next year. So I'll be asking again. So don't. This is good stuff. Hey, but it's an amazing thing that we get to have an Easter egg hunt every single year. Last year, though, in 2015, we had one hunt. And we had around 600 people inside of the ministry center. It was full. It was shoulder to shoulder packed. And pastor looks at me and says, Ryan, we have to get the service going because we have to get them outside because we have 600 people and I think that's against our fire code for the ministry center. And he's now the chaplain, so we gotta, you know. So, that was 2015. So what we decided through prayer and through different things, through staff meetings, we decided we have to do two hunts in order to, to help alleviate some of the problems that we have with inside of the ministry center. So this year we had two hunts. Our first hunt was at 1030. We had 444 people at that Easter egg hunt. Awesome. It was great. Fantastic. Now here's where the problem was, is we always had it at 1030, and we don't know what is going to take place at the 1231. We're like, we don't know. We don't know what's going to happen. We're excited. We're thrilled, but we just don't know. So 12.30 comes around. Another 380 people came in attendance to our second hunt. 
for, for the grand total for this year's Easter egg hunt, we had 824 people on our campus for Easter egg hunt. I think that's a good, good turnout. But there's a problem. If we want to grow, which we do, then we're going to have to do a third hunt next year. We have to. We have to. We're going to increase our eggs. We're going to increase things because we want to see. It's just not about them coming in and finding the candy and seeing these smiles on their faces. That's awesome. But it's also sharing the love of Christ with each and every person that comes on this, built, on this campus. That's what it's about. But see, after the Easter egg hunt, this was a part that was really, it was, I was not expecting this at all. After the Easter egg hunt, after everyone had, had stayed and we, we did all both hunts and we cleaned up and everything went great. I had to go get lunch because me and Hannah, we had fun arts practice immediately after Easter egg hunt. It was a long day. But let me tell you something. As I'm driving back, I turn on my radio and there's a song on. Has anybody ever heard uh, Third Day, Show Me Your Glory? Came out 2001. As I'm driving by our church property, a vision of all of these kids that were just on our campus was what God was giving me as I'm driving down Chester Road. And now I have tears in my face, and I pull in. I pull into church, still just crying, and seeing out of all these kids that were ministered to, all these families that were here and they were ministered to, and the gospel was presented to them, and my face is tearing, just, just running at this point in time. And it wasn't for anything that I've done or anything that pastor did or anything. It was because God says, I'm going to be glorified in this. I am going to bring you people. Yes, we do our diligence and we bring people. We invite people to these things. We invite people to the Easter egg hunt. We invite people to mega sports camp. But God is the one that softens the heart and brings them in. Not us. So as I'm doing, going through here, I'm just praying and I'm just continuing. The song continues playing. Show me your glory, God. And he's just, that's what he's doing. He's showing me his glory. Then in the next part of the song, send down your presence. I want to see your face. Everyone in this room that helped out with Easter egg hunt, they showed a little bit of Jesus because you had a smile on your face. You had a smile on your face and you're shaking people, whether it's handing them a little donut hole, whether it's shaking, whether it's smiling, whether it's welcoming them into the uh, welcome center. Everything that took place for the people working the parking lot and waving them on, every single person that helped out, you showed a little bit of Jesus to someone. But see, that's, that's not the only thing. I want to go and share a scripture. 2 Corinthians 3, verses 16. But whoever, but whenever someone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. For the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. So all of us, this is what the scripture says, verse 18 in the New Living Translation. So all of us who have had the veil removed can see and reflect the glory of God. And the Lord, who is the Spirit, makes us more and more like him as we are changed into his glorious image. Do you understand today that what happened, what happened, this, this story was talking about how Moses, when he would see the glory of God, he, the, a veil would have to be put over because it was too, it was too bright, it was too, too perfect. 
Let me tell you something. Now that we have a new covenant with Jesus, when we are saved, he takes off that veil. He removes that so that way people can see you and me as believers and followers of Jesus Christ. That's the whole reason why we come and do these things. It's so that we can glorify him. Not for any other reason. To glorify him and see people come to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. The attendance things are fantastic, but you know why? It's because God allowed those things to happen. That's why we had 824 people here at Easter Egg Hunt. That's why we do Easter Egg Hunt. And it's amazing. And I'm so excited, once again, for next year. Three hunts. We're going to be doing it. But I'm also excited for what God's going to do this next week as we're finalizing everything for Mega Sports Camp. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Pastor. Each year, our Easter musical serves an, uh, an, as an opportunity to share Christ with our neighbors and our community. And I just kind of want to go back and remember what God did. This year, over 300 people attended our Palm Sunday presentation, and 10 individuals raised their hand and made a commitment to Jesus Christ. On Good Friday, 226 attended with seven salvations. On Easter Sunday, 374 people attended with 10 more salvations. So including the Easter egg hunt, 1,742 people came to Christian Heritage for Easter services, and we had 27 salvations. Praise the Lord. Souls matter to God. Souls matter to God. And at this time, I'm going to turn your attention to our video screen because we're going to see a story of a man who God brought to our Christmas musical. And this is the story of how God changed his life. I'm going to ask Luis if you guys would come and get ready as we watch this video. For everyone out there, moms, dads, everyone in the church who have people in their life that are afraid that we'll never be saved, keep praying. Don't give up on them because God can do it and I'm living proof. I've been to church throughout my life but never made any kind of commitments to it. So all through these struggles of going to church and trying to, you know, get, get into church as much as possible, but being in that bar life, I just couldn't do it. But all through that time of... Making, trying to make these decisions, I think God actually put people in my life to steer me in the right direction. I met Tom Kiss at my gym. You know, I had no clue Tom even was a member of the church. And he had mentioned to my mom that he met me, you know, he saw me at the gym. And next thing you know, Tom and I are talking. Um, Joe Mastronato, he had, he had a way in. God opened up a door to, I was a softball player. And Joe was the coach at the church, soft, for the church softball team. And he made it to where, hey, you can play but you got to come to church. So I continued to try and do what Joe called walking both sides of the fence. And uh, I was stubborn. And, you know, I knew that if he felt that way, and I should feel that way, so I walked away from the church again. I came back to church being stubborn as well, thinking, oh, I'm strong. I can do it. I can do all this on my own. So I started coming back to church. And then um, 
April 2nd of 2005, I got baptized. But when I got baptized, I got baptized for all the wrong reasons. I was looking for the easy way. I thought, you know, God's going to make my life so easy. God's going to do this for me. You know, he's going to give me all these things that I don't have. Um, I didn't know that that's when the battle was really going to start. Broke off the engagement, lost my house, lost my job. Um, had no money coming in. Bills couldn't be paid. I had nowhere to live. And instead of um, blaming the devil, I blamed God. So a friend from a bar, from a bar of, of all things, imagine that, um, he opened up his doors for me, gave me a place to live, but it was a room in a house, and I kind of locked myself away. Fell into a depression, I became angry, bitter, and, um, you know, like I said, I just blamed God for everything. And this kind of reminds me of a verse from Luke, Luke 6, 49. But the one who hears my words and does not put them into practice is like a man who built his house on the sand without a foundation. The moment the torrent struck the house, it collapsed, and its destruction was complete. This is exactly what happened to me. I sank into a depression, I put on all kinds of weight, I started drinking heavily, I developed health, uh, all kinds of health problems, um, but thank God for mom. Mom, uh, my mother prayed and prayed and prayed. She never gave up. And she always kept me involved in the church. She always made some kind of comment about Christian. So, uh, on December um, 5th of 2015, she invited me to the Christmas Katana. So, reluctantly at first, I was like, you know what, I'll go. And um, when I got here that day, I met her here. But as I was walking in, Jan Jeanette Kidnoya meeting me, uh, greeted me with, uh, with a hug and a how I've been. And she, uh, you know, just said that they've been praying for me. So, I continued into the uh, sanctuary, and I was just sitting there. And all of a sudden, I just felt this relief. Pressure, everything just seemed like it was lifting off of me. I felt, finally felt at home. And I was like, wow, you know, I can't believe this is how I'm feeling right now. And I was, I was amazed. So I was like, well, you know what, I'm going to come back on Sunday. I came back on Sunday, and then I came back the following Sunday. And it was just, it wasn't a matter of me getting up and going, man, I'm going to go to church. It was, I was excited about it. And, uh, but the devil wasn't done. He was going to fight me even more because 11 days later, my health problems after eventually getting better, they got worse again. Um, back out of work, um, you know, just he was attacking pretty hard. But this time, instead of blaming God, I actually turned it over to God. Mm. I uh, just started praying and, and just, you know, having faith and, and continuing to just say, God, you know what? This is where you want me to be. This is what I'm going to do. I'm here. And uh, the hardest thing for me to do was to surrender. And I did. And since then, uh, after surrendering to God, my health's gotten better. Um, my breathing, my, my heart, my lungs, the depression, it's all better. Everything's, everything's improving. Um, I, I ended up losing my car. He's blessed me with a new one. Uh, I lost my job again, but <laughs> the bills have been paid. I mean, he's making sure that I'm blessed every, every month. Uh, none of this would have happened if, if and, I, and I'm confident in that, if it wouldn't have been for me surrendering to God. So, uh, you know, that, that's, you know, don't give up, please. You know, I said, um, I see so many people that want to give up on everyone. Just keep praying. Keep praying for them. Remember, it's not on your time, God's time, and the people that you're praying for. I just want to thank him for put, God for putting everyone in my life, you know, an awesome mother, the Mastronados, the Kishes, um, the Kidnoyas, the Christian Heritage family. 
If it wasn't for their prayers, I wouldn't have found God, and I wouldn't be where I am today. I'm going to invite William to stand. William, will you stand? I've asked Luis to come and the band to come and to present a song to you called You Can Change. You Can Change. William's story is many of your stories. God can change you. He can change things in your life. Amen? He can take away your sins. He can give you hope again. And that's the message that we, we want to present. There's hope in Jesus. You guys, you can change. something to prove Cause I have walked for miles and miles in that same parachute Oh you refuse forgiveness like it's something to be earned Sometimes pain's the only way that we can learn You can never fall too hard so you can't get back when you're lost where you are it's never too late so bad so much that you can't change who you are you can change who you are oh you believe in freedom know how to choose you can step out of your feelings that you're so afraid to lose and every day you put your feet on the floor you gotta walk through the door it's never gonna be easy but it's all worth fighting can never fall too hard so fast so far that you can't get back when you're lost where you are it's never too late so bad so much that you can't change who you are oh you can change who you are So let the ashes fall wherever they land. Come back now from wherever you've been to the foot of the cross, to the feet of Jesus, to the feet of Jesus. You can never fall too hard, so fast, so far that you can't get back when you're lost. Where you are, it's never too late, so bad, so much that you can't change. Oh, you can never fall too hard, so fast, so far that you can't get back when you're lost. Where you are, it's never too late, so bad, so 
much that you can change who you are. Just bow your heads just for a moment. I believe with all my heart that God brought people here today to hear William's testimony, to hear that you can change, that you can make a commitment to God. God brought you here. In fact, you can feel it in your heart right now. God is reaching out to you, not with condemnation, but with love. Saying, I'm giving you that chance right now to start over, to begin again. You can change through Jesus Christ at the foot of the cross. If you're ready to give up and surrender as William did, we want you to take that opportunity right now. If you're sitting anywhere from our middle aisle over towards this piano side, and you're ready to make Jesus your Lord and Savior, ready to surrender, I'm going to ask that you would raise your hand high enough so I can see it. We're going to pray with you. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Is there anyone else? Raise your hand high enough so I can see it. We're going to pray with you in just a moment. Maybe you're seated in the balcony on this piano side. You're ready to surrender. Maybe you're seated on the opposite side today, this lower section. I'm ready to surrender to God, Pastor Fail. If that's you, raise your hand high enough so I can see it. And we're going to pray with you. Is there anyone? Just going to wait for a moment. Maybe you're seated in our balcony. I'm ready to surrender. God's working on my heart right now, Pastor. We're just going to wait for one more minute. I just sense in my heart, I don't want to overlook anybody, but somebody's waiting. I don't know what you're waiting for. Don't wait. Do not wait. You may not get this chance again. Do not wait. We're going to give you an opportunity right now. Would you just respond no matter where you're sitting? Say, it's me, Pastor. I'm the one. I'm the one the Lord is waiting for. We're waiting. Don't hold out. Don't hold out. that's you just respond I need Jesus I surrender all right we're gonna pray 
I'm going to ask everyone to repeat this prayer after me. We're going to pray with the individuals that have raised their hand. Today's a very special day for them. A day that God washes away all their sins. So let's pray together. Dear God, I need you. I've gone the wrong way. I've sinned against you. I'm lost. But I return to you today. Jesus, forgive me of all of my sins. Wash my sins all away in the blood of Jesus. And from this day forward, I will follow you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's give God praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Our God is good. Amen. Thank you, Jason. Thank you, William. Thank you, William. Matthew 28, 19 says this, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. I'm so thankful for all of the salvations that we see at Christian Heritage. And we are a faithful church to encourage those who make a commitment to Christ to make the next step in spiritual maturity, and that's baptism. So the following people were baptized on April the 10th. And those of you that are here, I'm going to have you stand. Stephanie Lingle, Jillian and Serenity Dedich, Alex Gall, Jeanette Simpson, Fred Bryant, Kelly Sleesman. Kelly, let's thank the Lord. Hallelujah. On Sunday, April 24th, we hosted our annual healing service. And boy, did the Lord do miracles. I want to rejoice in what God has done. Rex uh, came forward because Rex had fallen. Most of you know that Rex battles uh, multiple sclerosis. And he had taken a fall and he was in agony, just agony. And he came for prayer. Hands were laid on him. And he said that night in the middle of the night, uh, he woke up in the middle of the night and he noticed all of his pain was gone. God touched him. Some of you will remember Bill. Bill has a big walking stick. Raise your hand, Bill. This is Bill. And uh, he has a large, he uses a, a, a large walking stick. Um, and God ministered to him. He, he really leaned on that particular stick on the, for the healing service. And he came for prayer. And when we prayed over him, the Holy Spirit met him in such a powerful way that he couldn't even stand. He was falling under the presence of God. And we sat him down in the front row. God continued to minister to him as we prayed for other people. And he sprung out of that pew and he walked down the middle aisle without his walking stick. He walked all over the the lobby because God ministered healing to him. Praise the Lord. William Sargent was also in constant pain and uh, has arthritis 
And uh, someone prayed for him. And when he got home, he didn't recognize it until the afternoon, but God healed him. He came in for an appointment that week, and he's like, Pastor, look, God healed me. And I could just tell by the way you were walking that God administered healing to you. And that makes such a difference, doesn't it? God is good. Ron Palmer. Ron, will you raise your hand real high? There you go. Ron had an irregular heartbeat, and it was causing fatigue, shortness of breath. He didn't really know what was going on. So the doctors scheduled him to come in so that they could shock his heart back into rhythm. They really didn't want to go that way. Um, No one likes to be hooked up to the electricity, do they? And uh, he said, I'd really rather not do that. And uh, the time came, though, when they felt that it was necessary. And uh, I know Cheryl Bagaki went and laid hands on Ron. I went over and prayed with Ron. And we believed that the Lord would touch him and heal him. He went in for his procedure. And Louise went to the hospital. And she, uh, they said, well, why don't you go wait for Ron in the waiting room? So while she was in the waiting room waiting for Ron, they came out and found her and said, we, didn't not, we did not need to do the procedure. His heart just went back into rhythm. Well, we know who did that. Hallelujah. Friend of Janice Kearns, Danetta. Danetta, raise your hand. Danetta, Danetta was on life support during the healing service, unable to speak, unconscious. Her nieces came to the church service and said, will you pray for our, for our aunt that God would save her life? And they stood up here and they wept. And we prayed that God would awaken Donetta, that God would heal her, that God would bring her out of ICU. I did not know she was on life support. I just said, Lord, take her out of ICU. God began healing her that moment of prayer. And she was taken off life support that same day. And here she stands today. Stand. Wow. It is a miracle. It is a miracle. God still answers prayer. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm going to invite our ushers to come. Mike, go ahead and bring our ushers in. We're going to prepare for communion. Worship team, if you would please come. I kind of want to point the way where we're headed. In 2016, the mission of our church is called Love Your Neighbor. God has called us to pray for our neighbors, to build a relationship with them, to invite them. And June is our invite month. So what can you do? What can you invite your neighbors to? Invite them to Mega Sports Camp. That begins June 6th. Invite them to our Father's Day service. Invite them on Sunday, June the 26th. I'm going to be speaking on winning over addiction. Christian Heritage has a burden to help those that struggle and battle addiction that we want to come alongside, we want to pray with, we want to encourage, we want to disciple anyone who wants to be free. Don't miss this service. If you know someone who's battling addiction, 
bring them because God is going to set them free. But I need some help. I need some prayer warriors. And, and I, I want you to respond. If you're, we have a month before that service. But I'm asking you, will you pray with me? Will you even fast with me that God will break the chains of addiction for those that are battling addiction? This is somebody's mommy and daddy. They need to be free. If you will pray with me, if you will even go as far to fast and pray, will you raise your hand so I, can count, I know who I can count on? Thank you. Thank you. We're going to stand and we're going to come alongside those that are battling addiction. We're going to see them free in Jesus' name. On July 10th, we're hosting baptism at Lake Erie, and I'm looking forward to baptizing William. I'm also looking forward to baptizing many. Last year, we baptized 14 at Lake Erie. We're going to do it again July the 10th. If you've not been baptized, if you want to follow the Lord in water baptism, please get signed up for that. July 17th, we'll be receiving the first of two debt reduction offerings. We are believing that God, by himself, is going to pay off our church in 2016. Amen? Amen. We believe it, but we're also going to give you an opportunity to help. So we're going to receive that offering on July 17th. On July 24th, we're going to have a missions research. What is that about? Well, it's, it's about reminding you about our commitment to missions and then giving those who have recently come in the last few months an opportunity to support missions just like we do. We have two great missionaries coming in, Jay Rostifer from Africa and the Baldaris who are missionaries in Turkey. We have a lot to look forward to, don't we? And right now, we want to celebrate communion. I can think of no better way to thank God for what he's done than to commune with the Lord, remembering the Lord's great sacrifice. I'm going to ask that you would prepare your heart, musicians. You can begin to play.